Yeah, let me tell you what, guys. We are officially live here in the sit-down, the very first episode of the sit-down. Myself, Anthony, the sauce guy, Bamasuno, and of course, my co-host, the young Caleb, 18 years old, but this kid is full of analytics, and he knows his game of football. But let me tell you guys, you are now tuned in. Do not forget to hit that like and share. At some point during the show, we're going to check in with those comments out there. If anybody out there watching, we're going to prioritize those super chats. Don't forget that. But let me talk to Caleb first, buddy. I know it's been two months since we were talking about starting the show, but how are you feeling? How do we sound? I think I think we sound amazing. I'm very very excited to get this going, and I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening to us today. It's a very very special stream. It is our first one together, and I'm beyond excited to get going and really get to know everybody and make this a consistent thing. Well, let me tell you something. I know a lot of people are out there watching both you and me live. They're excited to see what we're going to talk about tonight. We have a great show for all you guys planning. Let me give you guys a quick rundown before we talk about who Caleb is, who I am, where do we come from. Let me give you guys a quick rundown. First of all, me and Caleb are going to obviously introduce ourselves. You want to know who's talking on the screen, of course, right? But then you're going to find out when did we become a Bills fan and our best Bills memory ever. Like, yeah, That's the way you find out how truly much of a fan that me and Caleb truly are in this game. Uh, also, guys, we're going to check on our off-season, uh, our off-season grades because I'll tell you what, Caleb had great pre-draft analysis. And this guy, uh, Caleb, the way that you break down the game of football, man, that's like you should honestly be a general manager sitting in a front office somewhere. So I can't Thank wait you. to get I to that. that. Um, of course, we're going to check in with the comments. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in minicamp, who's there, and, of course, that Jordan Poyer contract situation, which I know a lot of you guys are asking about. And we are going to be answering questions that I've been getting from other Bills fans throughout the previous weeks. They want to know what we think. I'm going to talk a little bit about who I think is our biggest threat in the AFC East, alongside of what Caleb thinks as well. Uh, we'll talk some comments after that as well, too, because I want to really get into who I think the best overall team in the NFL is, Caleb. And, I mean, is it the Buffalo Bills? We're going to have to find out. But at the very end of the show, guys, I want you to stick around because at the very end of the show, I have a special treat, Sauce God's Chicken Wing Recommendation for the week, which will be a fire recommendation. I'm going to do it at the end of every single Friday night at 9 p.m. here live on the Built in Buffalo Network. Guys, hit that like and share. Drop comments. Let us know where you're at. Let us know how you're feeling tonight, baby. Friday night, let's get in doubt. Let's get down to business, Caleb. So let's talk to you first. Talk to me. Where did you get started in the world of sports journalism? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Caleb. I am from Buffalo. And a lot of people on here, um, maybe on the stream specifically, know me as Brooklyn Netcast. I'm a huge Brooklyn Nets fan. And I, I do this as well, obviously, with the Buff covering the Buffalo Bills now. But yeah, Buffalo born and raised. I've been a fan ever since I was little because of my dad, um, one of the biggest Bills fans I've ever um, had the pleasure of knowing. And he really just kept putting it into my head, be a huge Bills fan, love the Bills. That That's the thing of this city. So for me, I've been a big Bills fan for as long as I can remember. And uh, one, one of the best decisions I've ever had, for sure. And dude, 18 years old, I mean, you're getting a chance to live out your dream, but talk about something that you're not only passionate about, but but knowledgeable too. I mean, when we first had that that conversation that first weekend, I couldn't believe the way that you broke down the whole game of football on the Bills roster. And I knew right then and there, this kid's got something to tell the fans. And I'm just here to communicate it as most energized as possible. You already know that's where I come in. So guys, who I am is, of course, I'm Anthony Bamasudo. I am from Western New York as well. Bounce from Leroy, Dunkirk, Buffalo, lived in Vegas for a brief stint, four years, you know, something a little crazy, whatever, but they call me in the fan base, the sauce guy. Now, the sauce guy, there's a real story behind that, but we're not going to talk about that, but I do know two things very well. That's sauce and Buffalo Bills football, and I'm ready to talk about all that tonight. Of course, the first thing I want to ask Caleb, though, so you guys can get to know us a little bit more on an intimate level, is Caleb, tell me. When did you exactly become a fan of the Buffalo Bills, and what is your best Buffalo Bills memory ever? Take the floor. I, I can't really say I ever started started becoming a Bills fan because I've always been one since the day I was born, really. And for me, uh, it, it's just never stopped. I've become a bigger Bills fan every single year and got more into them and really started looking to the rosters, the coaches, the fan base, going to more games. So for me, I've always been a huge Bills fan. And that fandom grows every year, and I can't wait for it to continue growing. And as for my favorite Bills memory, it was that Baltimore game. I, I was uh, sitting on the couch with 
my, my girlfriend and uh, buddy, and you know, he's sitting there like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a bit uneasy about this game. You know, it's too close for me. I'm not loving how uh, the game's looking right now. We are, we were up, but then that pick six by Teron Johnson for me, it just, I've never yelled so loud, never been so hyped. And for me, that was a real turning point for the Bills. Like, okay, this team's really legit, and we're building something special here. So I guess I, for me, I am 18 yet again. So I, I haven't been, you know, around as long as everybody's seen the Super Bowls and all that. <laughs> that's got to be my favorite memory so far. Well, Caleb, I'll tell you what, man. That's what I – when we like I said, when we spoke and you told me about that, it's like you just got a chance to be as Buffalo as it possibly could get for an 18-year-old. You got to kind of just really get into it. And, I mean, I love that, dude. So, like, let me tell you, I grew up for a little bit in, as a kid in Las Vegas. So, you know, Las Vegas doesn't have a football team. And the, and the Bills weren't always exactly good in the early 2000s. So it wasn't exactly something fun to root for, especially if you didn't go to games okay. and understand the atmosphere. All right, so put that all aside. When I saw my mother, she took me to a game in San Diego against the Chargers. It was Willis McGay here versus LaDainian Tomlinson. And I saw my mother's face light up. The Bills were getting their, their asses handed to them. But J.P. Lossman threw a touchdown. My mother's face lit up. And at that moment, I felt a little bit of magic. And, like, I think that's kind of when it started to kind of kick into me a little bit. So when I moved back to Western New York as a kid, I started going to games and experiencing the tailgate. Obviously, I wasn't drinking at 12. You know what I mean? But it was just exciting to see the atmosphere and how fans could come together when their team wasn't exactly popping off. I mean, it, people don't understand what it was like to be a Buffalo Bills fan for that, you know, 98 to, to whatever. And, and and it's not like we always had Josh Allen. But for me, though, I want I would tell you my best Bills memory, which I've already told you, Caleb, but let me tell you a different one. Josh Allen's rookie year against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you know you love a team when you generally want to run onto the field and fight Leonard Fournette. Who, Leonard Fournette is a big son of a gun. You know that. But I want and I looked at my girl at the time I said, Will you pay for my bail? And she said, No, but I was so amped I wanted to be a part of just getting fired up with the boys. And I saw Josh Allen running all over them left and right, especially after Jalen Ramsey had nothing but bad. It's a trash pick. That game right there was like wow, we've got ourselves a real baller, and I'm excited even more than I previously – I mean, I was already the biggest fan at that point, but I was even more excited at that point. Absolutely. So I love that, dude. So, all right, let's get out of that. Now you guys know a little bit about myself and Caleb. Guys, make sure to hit that like and share if you have not done so already. This episode of the Sit Down on the Built-In Buffalo Network, by the way, is sponsored in partnership with Total Sports Buffalo. And, guys, remember, if you are dropping comments, we prioritize those super chats. We're going to check in with you guys in just a little bit. we got a couple topics ahead. So, Caleb, let's get into your actual analysis, the stuff that I really want to talk about. Let's talk about your grades on the Bills' offseason moves. Buddy, take the floor. So, as, as an overall for our, our grade, I have to give us an A, considering draft and free agency. So, to start, we can, we can go to the beginning of free agency. Um, we brought in Roger Saffold, who I think was a great underrated, veteran underrated signing in which you bring a little bit more experience up there when you do have Ryan Bates and then you do have Spencer Brown. And I, I think it really just helps sync the line together. So I was very excited for that signing. I know every, some people were a bit more iffy about it, but I absolutely loved the signing. And then you can go to Daquan Jones, who I think is just a great piece. Who you got me? Show. You got me convinced on him. I wasn't always on board, but you got me convinced on him. Absolutely, both of them. He, both of them together. Uh, Tim Sala is known to be a little bit more, uh, how to put, reserved. I'd say because he hasn't been playing as much, but now he's going to be given the opportunity to blossom in front of our eyes, and I cannot wait for him. He's a big dude. I don't think people understand. He is a ginormous human being. Uh, people. I mean, here he does a lot more, uh, I wouldn't say pass rushing, but isn't as much of a run stopper. He's a really big dude. He can stop the run, and I think he can also play that role a little bit, but obviously not as well as Daquan Jones, which is that is what he specializes in. So showing up that um, interior there was really helpful. And then we had the splash signing of Von Miller, which, you know, for about a week people were like, oh, the contract, oh, you know. But people don't understand contracts and how they are and how you can void certain years off of them. So that's an A-plus right there, along with him helping Greg Rousseau develop, which we've seen some of those really, really nice quotes out there in the past few weeks, which saying 
Greg Rousseau's a diamond. Just you just need to polish him up a little bit. And uh, I, I cannot wait to see Greg Rousseau um, just totally blow up this year. He's going to have a huge season um, across from Von Miller. And I see us having a very, very good defensive line, which at Oliver, I feel like we'll also have um, the best season of his career because he's on a contract year and he's getting more help from those edges. And I, I think – He's never played with a defensive line like this in his career at all. So, or a defensive lineman or edge rusher such as Von Miller and soon to be Greg Rousseau, who I think will be one of the better pass rushers we've seen in Buffalo in a long time. So that was huge for us. And then my favorite underrated signing of the whole offseason is Jamison Crowder. Uh, I don't know how much everybody knows about Jamison Crowder, but he's a very, very good slot wide receiver. And for me, he brings a little bit more size. He's um, substantially younger than Cole Beasley by about four or five years, and he's better yards after catch, and I think he will be much better than people are thinking he's going to be. He's going to be getting a lot more snaps, a lot more targets, receptions, yards, all of that. So I think you're going to see a great season from Jamison Crowder. If he can stay healthy, that's been the huge concern throughout his career is can Jamison Crowder stay healthy, which up until this point, it's been no. But I think this is going to be the season where it all gets put together and you see a great season from him. And then to go to the draft, um, my favorite, um, one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft going into it was our guy, Kyrie Elam. And I, I kept telling you, um, we're going to get Elam and it's not going to be Booth. Everybody's saying yeah. Booth, Booth. And um, he was outstanding. I've never been so excited. The, um, just the, the total emotion we've seen, we got Elam and I was, I was beyond happy because I think he's the second most physically gifted corner in the entire class. And his length, physical, physicality, and his makeup speed is, I think, the biggest thing for him. He is the fastest corner um, in the entire draft draft in the first two rounds. And I think he's really going to show that. And uh, you're putting him next to Trey White, who's also known to be a damn fast corner. So you have two very fast corners that can cover a lot of the field along with Poirier and Hyde, I think that's going to be the best secondary in all of football. And then we can go a little bit with like James Cook, who was very much so needed to give a little bit more of a burst to that uh, running back group, which has Singletary and Moss and now Duke Johnson as well. So with his pass catching ability and just his explosiveness, I think we're going to see a whole another dimension of the offense open up. And I, I forgot to touch on OJ Howard, but he's a great Ooh, Yeah, I was going to say, where are you going to get to OJ? Because when Knox went out last year, the offense did, I wouldn't say struggled, but definitely could see it stall a little bit without Knox in there. So if Knox is get hurt, you know, you do have Howard there, who's known to be an absolutely outstanding uh, receiving tight end, can do a little bit of blocking. That's not really his forte, but OJ Howard is one of the better uh, backup tight ends in all of football now. And we have him, and we can run two tight end sets. There's just so much you can do with this offense now excuse me, um, that we couldn't do last year. And I am beyond excited. And then Terrell Bernard and Benford and Shakir and uh, Punt God, all absolutely outstanding pieces. And uh, Punt God, man, there's so much I'm excited <laughs> because everybody's questions were, oh, does he have the hang time that other punters do? And can he really, is it more, is it just his leg and how far he can kick? And I think he's starting to show that in minicamp and all around you see like the videos of him punting the hang time has improved and the placement is um very good as well so i think we have a very very complete roster all around the board so i gotta give our offseason an a minus um simply because we didn't have all the cap space other teams had but how we did use our resources and our um picks and the money that we had left over to use it i think it was outstanding i just can't put us you know a little bit higher because certain teams made more splash signings than it, you know, like the first overall pick. So, but A minus is absolutely outstanding for a team that was already pretty yeah. complete. And that's, that was what I was going to say. A minus is still like, I mean, how many gaps did the Buffalo Bills really have? And thank you, by the way, Kim, because honestly, dude, like the way you break it down, like it's just, it's, it's in depth. Like I said, you should be working in the front office, but let me tell you something about OJ Howard too. Speaking of Dawson Knox was just talking about his catch radius and, and there, I, I know some people are wondering, when was O.J. Howard necessarily a greater tight end? This guy has never really gotten a true chance. Didn't have consistent offense in Tampa Bay. Also had some injury problems, sure. But then Tom Brady shows up, but who also showed up? Tom? Rob Gronkowski, who is obviously going to take away those targets. Let's also not forget that O.J. Howard is playing next to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
And like, it's just, there were so many offensive weapons. And Antonio Brown for a while too. And Antonio Brown as well. But, but OJ Howard is still a weapon and he brings versatility to this offense. Now I like the A minus. I'm going to go with A, just a flat out A, because honestly, I thought the one thing that the Buffalo Bills were truly missing was that pass rusher. And I think Vaughn Miller brings that. He might be a little bit older, sure. It doesn't matter. He still has big game experience. He is a clutch and he's a closer. And that's the thing that the Buffalo Bills needed, especially with three very, very, very young pass rushers and Greg Rousseau, Carlos Basham, and as well as A.J. Epinesa. So obviously seeing them go to um, Vaughn Miller's camp and everything like that is awesome because he is going to have a positive effect on the youngsters. And I thought that the way that we drafted, obviously losing Levi Wallace was probably, in my opinion, our biggest loss in free agency because we lost him, as we talked before, for next to nothing. But we replaced him with a guy that is going to be a starter, and I think Kyrie Alam is going to turn a lot of heads. And we're not sure exactly when we're going to have Tredavis White back, but playing alongside them and possibly Poyer, which we're going to talk about at some point as well, Hyde, and the rest of that Buffalo Bills defense, which now has Vaughn Miller to get after the quarterback, man, it makes that pass defense much easier for a defensive back. Coming from a guy that played defensive back, well, crap, if they if they sack the quarterback in two seconds, my job is easy. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. Yeah. So, guys, before we talk about anything else, I'm going to have Caleb check in with you guys in the comments, of course. Make sure to drop us a comment. Any questions, comments, anything. Caleb, tell us what the people are saying. All right. So I'll go with one of the questions, which was, when has O.J. Howard proven he's a great tight end? And I can say he hasn't. And the, the issue goes down to him not getting the amount of targets, receptions, uh, snaps in general. And while he might not be able to prove it here because he also is fighting for snaps, which was another thing that was brought up with uh, Knox and as long, along with getting targets with Davis, Diggs, Cooks, uh, everybody in general. I, I think that it does provide a lot of depth and this offense I think is going to be very creative this year. I'm very excited and I can see a lot of two tight end sets and Knox himself hasn't shown to be particular, particularly healthy throughout a whole season. He's been very, a lot of passes too. Yeah. Well, not anymore. That was the issue. Exactly. Not no more. All all the little um, touch-ups he had over the off season really helped that. But I, I will say that, Knox hasn't stayed healthy really through a whole season um, or more than one season, I believe. And there has been two seasons where he had significant injuries and he was hurt and wasn't fully healthy. So OJ Howard is just a very nice security blanket there where you can rely on somebody else at the tight end position and you don't have to throw Tommy Sweeney out there, which is no slight to Tommy Sweeney, but he's not really the like a guy you're, or Croft, like the guy that you really want out there being your tight end one for – weeks at a time. So I think while Howard hasn't been able to prove he's great at tight end and might not get all the targets that um, he might want, he's going to be a great security blanket. So I'll make a real quick shout out to Mac. I saw you in the comments, buddy, my guy from Canada, who's not really, you know, he wonders about what football is. That All they talk about is hockey and, you know, <laughs> you know, pours light on his side, which is weird. But I also see Jenna shouting out to you, buddy. Peter DiBiase at the Built in Buffalo Network as well, who's live on Wednesday nights with Buffalo Blitz. Man, I would love to come on and talk to that. Me and Caleb all the time. We're down to talk whenever. And Dave, Dave Myers, we want to thank you, buddy, for putting us on and having faith in us and putting us in a position to do something that we absolutely love. Guys, Dave is the president, the CEO, man. Make sure to follow him on uh, Twitter if you're not already doing so. And look at this one, Caleb. This one right here. Why says, I think James Cook will be the next Thurman Thomas. Let me know what you think about that. I can't say that. I, I My respect for Thurman Thomas is just way too high for that. I love James Cook. I just think it, I, I will never compare a rookie of any type, not even the, like the best rookie prospects that we've seen, like guys like Trevor Lawrence. I'll never compare them to all-time greats because – we haven't seen them play football yet, and I, I think it would be a real stretch. But I do have really high hopes for James Cook, and I think he can be a very good running back one in the future. I'll tell you this, too. My buddy actually just flew out of uh, – I think he flew out of Buffalo back home to Florida, and guess who did he just meet? And he's got a picture with him, James Cook. Um, here's a real quick, too, because he's been on uh, where I came from, the game book. Bobby Warren, who is a lifelong Patriots fan, but he's one of those ones that's not biased. Look what he just said. How worried is the sauce got about Mac Jones? I'll tell you what, we're going to get to that later on in the show, guys, when we talk about who do I think and who does Caleb think is the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. So stay tuned. It's the end of that. Of course, we saw this question. 
Boom. Let's take a look at this, too. Dylan Mozek says, so what chance is he going to get here? Knox, Davis, Diggs, it's the same situation. Well, check this, too. Facts, more better, more options, the better. Thoughts on Crowder and McKenzie. Is it one or both? Now, Caleb, too, before we get into that, Tavon Austin is also a newer signing, of course, which we are going to get into now. Uh, Buffalo Bills minicamp, which we know Jordan Poyer eventually showed up, is the biggest topic, and uh, everybody's looking at visor Josh Allen, and people are becoming a fan favorite of him. I mean, he looks deadly in that visor. I wish he would just wear it for the whole season. We're going to talk a little bit about Vaughn Miller's impact as well and what he's had on uh, you know, getting the youngsters to come to his camp, which is all voluntary. But I really am curious, Caleb, what do you think are – the chances that Tavon Austin, especially with Jamison Crowder, what is the chances that he makes this active roster? I think he doesn't have the greatest chances. I, I also think on one hand, you can look at him and say, okay, and like you, you can look at the college tape too. I mean, we've all done that before. Uh, his college tape is the best out there, but he has been in the league for a significant amount of time now, and the college tape really doesn't mean much anymore. And while I think he would be a nice punt return, kick returning option, I think they – look elsewhere and kind of value other guys more because you already have a wide receiver on the roster who will be playing significant special teams who got cut then brought back in and that was uh kumaro who can't obviously punt or kick return but he is considered you know he's a basically a special teamer so i i don't think they have another guy like that at the wide receiving position they'll keep on the roster so for me i think it's very very minimal and as for the question about crowder and mckenzie i personally think crowder is I hate to say it, but like substantially better than Isaiah McKenzie. And I loved what I saw from McKenzie last year. But Crowder, even with bad quarterbacks and bad situations, has shown he can produce maybe not best of the best numbers because, like I said, he was playing with guys like Joe Flacco and um, Sam Darnold. But I, I truly do think you can see like a 900-yard season out of him. While with McKenzie, I think it caps around 700. So I think Crowder is a good amount um, better than McKenzie. Well, I do truly wonder, of course, because uh, the Bills' primary slot receiver in the previous few seasons, Cole Beasley, would no longer be with the Buffalo Bills this season, which we all know how valuable he was to the chemistry of Josh Allen, as well as how easy he could relieve some of the other receivers at times, like Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. But I'll tell you this, man. Jamison Crowder, to me, has a better chance as well. I think Tavon Austin is a guy that's obviously hungry. As we all saw in his press conference, he talked about being a former first-round pick to now being a fourth stringer, and that humbles the guy quickly. And Sometimes that can bring out the best in guys, but he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more banged up, and obviously I think that Jamison Crowder has just been waiting for a more elite quarterback, which I call the Josh Allen effect. Uh, you know, He's going to make him – kind of explode like you're talking about as well, but it's just crazy. When you look left to right at every single option the Buffalo Bills are going to have, okay, let's start it off. We've got Josh Allen and Devin Singletary, which I know some people are still not sold with Devin Singletary, but I'm telling you what, he is the, the best running back, I think, for this offense and for what they do. But you've got that. Okay, boom. You've got read option, whatever. You want to go play action. we got Stephon Diggs out that way. You've got Gabe Davis, who is thriving. He's going to be going into his third year now and coming off of a four-touchdown performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. This kid is only getting better. And the way that he works, it's crazy, Caleb, because I paid attention a lot to one specific situation, and that's Kyler Murray over in Arizona. Showing up, you know, a little bit at a time for the mini, you know, the, uh, even yeah. though it's voluntary, when did we ever see Josh Allen ever talk about his contract or, or, or anything like that? The kid was always focused on football. I saw Dawson Knox. He's in a contract year. He spoke about you can't get too caught up on those things because you got to focus on, you know, playing better. And like he said, we're just scratching the surface. It's crazy to see, Caleb, the culture that exists. Guys want to come and play here because of that culture. Tavon Austin coming here with no guarantees, there are probably some teams that he would have a better chance of playing for. But where else would you rather play than with Josh Allen and this complete team with the best damn fan base in all of sports, the Bills Mafia? So I am just, I'll tell you, minicamp, it's good to see Jordan Poyer show up which we're going to get into next, guys. I want you guys to hit that like and share button if you've not done so already. You are live here in the very first episode of The Sit Down with myself, Anthony, the Sauce God, and Caleb, which, dude, by the way, I get before we talk about anything else, 
we have to get the mafia to get you a nickname. Now, I've thought, bro, but it's got to come from the mafia. It can't come from me. I got my nickname. I'm set. I'm, you know, write me up in the hall. By we got to get you a nickname at some point. We'll work I think on it. That, well, I think maybe we got to see what the fans come up with. Of course, guys, you know, be serious out there. This kid is, is excellent. He knows his Buffalo Bills and loves his Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. And also, too, before we continue, you guys see I got on the wall of fame back here. That is Billy Shaw, a signed jersey I got from a good friend of mine, Josh Tullis, who's out to, I believe he's out there watching. Appreciate you very much. And, guys, we're going to check back in with more comments here in just a moment. But let's talk about what everybody's been asking me about, Jordan Poyer. Minka Fitzpatrick just signed an extension this week. I believe that you have the details on that, Caleb. Yes, I do. So, um, Ryan, uh, Fitz, Fitz, I almost call him Ryan Fitzpatrick. My Lord. Oh, geez. Okay. There's um, not many of them. No, I know. Uh, the other Fitzpatrick, uh, he had a signing bonus of $17.5 million. That was part of his extension. His 2022 base salary is $4 million, and he has a roster bonus of like $650,000. Um, so, and then he has $36 million essentially for the first two years is what we can look at. So... That is the breakdown of the beginning of that contract, at least, which I think is what we should focus on more than anything, because Poyer, um, you know, we I don't know if we're signing him for like five, four years or what, what would we be doing? But I think numbers similar to his would be fair for a um, guy like Poyer, maybe a little bit less. But I, I think Poyer is such a huge part of this team and we really don't have. Uh, I guess a replacement. If there's not really a replacement for him, he's one of the best safeties in all of football. But a guy to even step in for him, we don't really have a guy like that. So I, I really think you move things around and you make sure to keep him on this roster. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough because Minka Fitzpatrick just essentially became the highest paid safety in the NFL. Okay, and 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 we know that like. The NFL is deep at safety. You know what I mean? I think about Derwin James. I think, obviously, about Poyer and Hyde both. You know what I mean? And, like, there's just so many talented safeties. But Poyer is so essential to this Buffalo Bills defense. Not even just the defense. The team. His leadership. His presence. He might have just earned his first ever All-Pro in this previous season. But let's not act like the guy hasn't played first-team All-Pro defense since he's come to Buffalo in 2017 alongside of Micah Hyde. So it does, in a sense, it's funny because when I first saw the contract come out, I thought to myself, Poyer, you know, Drew are kind of sitting there going like this, obviously he's the agent. And and rightfully so, though, because he has played, and he's been snubbed on Pro Bowls, all pros. That's why I'm saying the guy has played first-team all-pro defense every year that he's been here. And Hyde is a – it's like Hyde is the protector in the passing game. And Poyer, is, he wreaks havoc in the run game and the pass rush. Poyer brings a different dynamic to this defense. I will tell you this, though. I know that Jordan Poyer showed up to – and I'm just, I'm just going to say, again, culture and for what exists with this Buffalo Bills team right now. Jordan Poyer showing up to camp was not a pride thing. It's not an issue of pay. It's because I don't believe that money will deter him from playing with a possible Super Bowl champion team this season. Now, beyond that, I can't say. Obviously, beyond that, I cannot say. But does he deserve to get paid? Yes, he does. Do I think Brandon Bean has the intention to pay him? Yes, he does. But here's the here's again, and, and Caleb, you might be able to speak more to this too because you know more how contracts work. But when you give, okay, when you have less cap hit, you're giving more guaranteed money which is dangerous in the game of football because of how violent of a sport it really is. So essentially, you know, you pay a guy all that guaranteed money, but he pays, he plays half a season. I'm sure the owners aren't exactly going to be very happy with the football team's general manager at that point. But Brandon Bean is why we call him Big Bar Bean. He takes those risks. He knows what he's building as far as his team goes. So I still think there's a chance that they get a deal done before the season starts. But I think that Jordan Poyer will be focused on football, um, and I do think it's possible. And Jeff Davis says something interesting, too, which I'm going to pull up for you. But, Caleb, if you want to break down a little bit more about contracts, too, before we kind of move on from that, um, I'll let you go ahead and do so. But this is a question for Jeff Davis, too. Well, yeah, I'll actually answer Jeff's um, question first. I mean, that, that definitely could be part of it. 
and I, I wouldn't totally rule that out uh, 100%. That is a really good point. Thank you, Jeff, because that really didn't even cross my mind now that I, I truly think about it, um, it possibly being associated with Poyer. But when it does come to Jordan Poyer, uh, there's a few players on this team I feel 100% about at all times, and one of them is Jordan Poyer. I think he's been relatively healthy throughout you know the past few years. He's been very, very, very consistent, arguably the most consistent player on this entire football team. So when it comes to giving him money, I'm going to give him all the guaranteed money I can because I have a, so much faith in Jordan Poyer being consistent and staying out there and playing his highest level of football. And I, I think it would be almost fair to say I think he might be the most consistent player on this team. Maybe uh, Hyde or, you know, Trey's been hurt, so he's uh, it's a bit of a tough spot to rank him in. But as he goes for health and playing at his highest level, I, I think I might even give that to Poyer. So I would, yeah, you got to pay him. That's really down to that. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I honestly, Caleb, I think most of those mafia will tend to agree. I know there's some people that say, you know, play under your contract. But listen, the thing is, is it's a business. It's not a – every week that – and Jordan Poyer has played like 95% of the snaps, I feel like, since he's been in Buffalo, which is incredibly, incredibly amazing for the way that he played – which is insane, dude, for, for the way that he plays the game of football and for how physical of a player he is, and especially for a guy – that didn't really get much of a chance before he came to Buffalo in 2017, but he is pivotal in that regard. It's just, like I said, it's a business at the end of the day. You can't keep everybody, but somehow Brandon Bean has found a way to manage to be able to sort of keep everybody, which is incredible. So honestly, I think enough about that. Caleb, if you want to break down a little bit more about contracts, if not, we're going to move on to our next topic as well. Yeah, we can move on. Uh, okay. I feel pretty confident. Yeah, because honestly, at the end of the day, still contracts are different to me. I mean, like, hey. I, I didn't see, money. my thing is I know a lot about contracts, but I don't love talking about them because it's I not, feel. It's not incredibly exciting, no. Well, th- no. that as well as I, I just have total faith that Brandon Bean's going to figure it out and we'll have Poyer locked Should in for a few more years. So, all right, let's talk about our next subject, Caleb. And this is one that's already been asked about. And this is one that I brought up because, all right, Miami made some splashes. New York had an excellent draft, in my opinion. New York Jets, the New Jersey Jets, really, might have had one of the best drafts in all of the entire NFL draft this season. And obviously, we know the Patriots are going to Patriot. So, Caleb, let's talk a little bit about who do you think first. I'm going to ask you first, and we'll go to me because I'm going to get into depth about this one. This is where I get fired up. You guys are going to see authentic Anthony, the sauce got fired up. So, Caleb, who do you think is our biggest threat in the AFC East after Miami added Tyreek Hill to that roster. Well, I would say no threat, but I feel like that's, you know, if I have to answer somebody, I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins by by a large amount as well. I understand um, there's a whole thing with Belichick. You know, he's the greatest coach of all time. But at a certain point, you do need talent to implement certain things in your play calling and just in general playing the game of football. And I think he's kind of gotten so – there's just so little talent on that uh, Patriots roster that I feel like they're not that much of a threat whatsoever this season. I think the draft are bad for agency, aging players and linebackers. I don't feel like they're a threat whatsoever. But as for the Miami Dolphins, I, um, as a football fan, I, I really do, do like what they did in the off season. I hated the, the firing of, um, of one of the better coaches in football. That was what might screw them. It, it, it might they might miss the playoffs because of it. Who knows? But as a roster, you know, they added Tyreek Hill. They added Chase Edmonds, who I think is a solid uh, running back. So you're really shoring up and making sure you have a well-balanced offense there. And they also brought in Cedric Wilson, who I think is uh, very solid as well. And is shown to be relatively consistent when he was with the Cowboys. And obviously they had that huge splash signing with Teron Armstead um, at, at the left tackle position. But if he can stay healthy, he's... Um, one of the best in football, but we'll have to see if he can do that. That's a big key for them. If he can't stay healthy, it'll be a whole lot of the same from last year. When the, I think the Bills sacked, um, had seven sacks that one game against Miami, and they hurt Tua in it. And then you had, uh, yeah, Tua got hurt in that game where because he, he got hit so hard. So when it comes down to it, if they if Toronto Armstead can't stay healthy, I think their offensive line is going to be in a lot of trouble because it's one of the. Uh, poor 
offensive lines in football with without him for sure. And then as for the defense, I feel like they're just very well-rounded. I don't love their uh, linebackers in general, but Agba's very nice. I like Baker. And then their secondary is outstanding. And they have Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, and Byron Jones. That's a very good secondary. So if I had to say somebody was a threat, I would say Miami, but I don't really worry about them. And then the huge piece is obviously Tyreek Hill, who I think it's fair to call him a Bills killer now because that man just decides to go for like 80-yard runs every single time. It's it's depressing. It really is. It's, it's sad. He's a Bills killer. I feel it's like so that's fair to say. It's so fast. He's so incredibly fast. It's just sad. Oh, I know. It, it, it's <sighs> It is beyond annoying. So, yeah, I, I guess, like, Tyreek Hill scares the hell out of me. But, I, I yeah, I'm going to have to pick Miami simply because of him. Like, there could be nobody else talented on that roster, and I would answer Miami. So, here we go. Because, because listen, I, I grew up an incredibly passionate Yankees fan. And growing up, yeah, I really, 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 really hated the Red Sox, okay? But now, where I am as a Buffalo Bills fan, listen, guys. And anybody out there, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm here to cover the Bills. And I'm always here to give my unbiased opinion, but I hate the AFC East that they're not named the Buffalo Bills. I hate them more than anything. Let me tell you something. The Jets, credit to them. They have a better head coach than Robert Sala. I like what they're doing with the draft. It looked like they actually had a little bit of clue of, hey, how do you build a football team around a young quarterback with an eye? Now, let me say this. Zach Wilson Needs a lot of fine-tuning. But you know who also needs fine-tuning? And I hate to say no, it. Don't 2018. Don't. 2018. No, no, he did it don't. first. At first, you had to put a team around him, though. No, you did. Don't say it. Don't say it. Do you, not, know, don't. You, know, you know, in a way, Zach Wilson does not have everything that he has. I'm not saying Please that. Stop. Saying okay. this kid, this kid can play in a sense. I saw him make some very, very incredible throws at points, but he's not consistent. He still is a very raw talent, so the Jets are still in my own way. I'm just saying – they are, at least, in my opinion, building something. Okay, but I'm not saying they're the biggest threat. Now you look at, and he's the hottest rookie card on the freaking market, and he was asked about by Bobby Warren earlier, and this is the team that I absolutely hate the most, and it's the New England Mac Jones over there. I'm not afraid of anything the New England Patriots are building over there. Why? Because they're drafting offensive linemen in the third round. They can get in the second round. You got Mac Jones throwing interceptions to Micah Hyde, and Josh Allen could have gotten the ball there a second quicker. I'm not afraid of the New England Patriots either, but let me tell you this too. I am not at all worried about Miami either because Tyreek Hill can be 80 yards down the field, but Tua's got to get the ball there. We have not seen Tua get the ball to anybody quick enough. Now, you got two speedsters at Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and that sounds scary, but but like if those guys go sprinting and the football is still back, you know, 10, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, does it really matter? You know what I'm saying? So I do think that Miami built the team, um, obviously retaining guys on the defensive side of the football was good. Adding Tyreek Hill, but they sacrificed a lot of draft capital, and they also paid him a lot of guaranteed money. And I also still think, that Miami screwed with Tua because you got him coming in for some games, and then you got Fitzpatrick coming and closing it out his rookie season. Now, last year, you got them wanting to trade for Deshaun Watson. Then you got him wanting to put Tua in saying he's the future. Now, you also fired your head coach and Brian Flores, who I thought was actually a pretty solid coach. Obviously, there's a lot good. of stuff. Defensive. We're not going to get into that, of course, but he is a uh, – that's why he's still, you know, playing – he's still a coach. Uh, who did he, he got picked up? Did he get picked up by the Patriots too? Brian Flores again. I thought it was the Steelers. I could be it's wrong. The Steelers, yeah, it's the Steelers. Now you're correct. Yeah. But I thought that it was weird, you know, because you're building something. The guy led you to that many straight wins. I know that they started off terribly, whatever. But I don't necessarily know about their new head coach. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So I don't know if Miami's got it either. I just think the way that, and I'm not, I'm really not being biased when I say this. The Buffalo Bills are just built differently. They are head-to-toe, built differently. Josh Allen, you could say best quarterback. You could say Vaughn Miller is a top-five pass rusher, possibly. Stephon Diggs, you could say top-five receiver. They're just built in so many ways that it's nice to see that we're ahead in the race for once. And everybody else has got to catch up to us. But I'll tell you what, if I was going to say a team that had the best chance in the next four years, 
it might be the Jets. The way that the Jets are building the team, and I actually really that's respect Robert Sala. He was a great defensive coordinator in San Fran and has the respect of his players, and that's something that you have to have. Um, and I know Miami's got the speed, but I don't think that that builds defensive linemen, which Dave is pointing out in the comments, by the way. I don't think that that is going to allow them to get it going. And, I mean, like I said, dude, we own the Dolphins. Tua has not done anything against us yet, and we, are, we only got better defensively. You and I both know that. Absolutely. So I still think, guys, it's not going to be a six. I don't know if it's going to be six and all. I think it's still going to be a dogfight in ways. That's how divisional games are, obviously. But yeah. I still think the Bills are miles ahead, and we we could honestly sit here and expect a six and all divisional record. Yeah, that's, just uh, that's fair. But uh, and I don't even think Miami's that good. But they're just better than the Patriots and Jets. Like, yeah. there's no other team I I would say like in our division that I think could be elite this season. It's just, they're just not really there. Well, to, to start, you can go to the Jets. They're building something that's fair to say. Patriots, I don't know what they're doing, but it, you know, they're doing something over there. Um, it's uh, tough to so, I'm just yeah. going to call them mid. And then Miami is either going to uh, like, for all I know, they could go four and 12. I, I absolutely have no idea what the hell that team is. Overall, like a lot of players on their roster, other than I feel like you can say Tyreek Hill, have just been very inconsistent. And obviously Waddle, as well as was a rookie, was very good. But overall, the, the roster has just been very inconsistent on the defensive side of the football. So for me, I have no idea how the hell the Dolphins are going to pan out. They could, be ver- they could be very solid or they could be just bad again. So I guess we'll have to see. And by the way, too, I just highlighted this. This is Bobby Warren, the Patriots fan. Really awesome guy, though. Incredible. He used to actually be a sports journalist. He's awesome. One of the more unbiased Patriots fans that I actually have the pleasure of knowing is an awesome guy. Thank you for tuning in, Bobby. And thank you for giving us a question. And thank you for getting me fired up because you know exactly how I feel about it. He already knew the answer to that question. That's why he asked. All right, guys. Now we're going to move on. And this is going to be a comment. Actually, this is going to be a question that I want you guys out there watching, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And if you have not done so already, Hit that like and share button. We are live here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. Myself, Anthony, the sauce guy with Caleb here in the first episode ever of the sit-down. And I want you guys to answer this question. I want to know who you guys out there think is, and don't just say it because you love them. You got to feel You got to mean it. Tell me who do you think is the best overall, the most complete team in the National Football League. We'll take your guys' comments after Caleb and I talk about it. But first... Caleb, tell me. Give me your top three, and I want to know why number one is number one. I want to know your top, you want three, top three in order. We'll okay. go three, two, one. Okay, three. Uh, with number three, I'm going to go the L.A. Rams. And for me, I, I everybody's hyping up the Bobby Wagner signing a lot because, you know, his legacy and his name does bring a lot to the table. But he's really slowed down the past year or two. So – while it's being very hyped up in that regard, uh, if you watch some of the plays, he doesn't have that sideline-to-sideline side speed he used to. Well, I think he's still very solid. I think it's being overhyped a little bit. They did lose Von Miller. They lost Darius Williams. They, I, I don't know if they're bringing back OBJ. Obviously, they kind of replaced him with uh, A-Rob. Um, but in, in general, they're still a very, very complete team. I just feel like they lost a few defensive pieces, which brought them from what was number one down to number three. And uh, maybe we'll see how the offense turns out. Um, they obviously lost um, a few pieces on the offensive side as well. But I still think they're a very complete team. At number two, I have the biggest winners of all of the offseason, and that would be the L.A. Chargers. And they did an absolutely outstanding job um, this offseason. They really they struggled on defense last year. It was basically um, – I, I, I hate to say it, but it, to an extent it was Derwin James – and Joey Bosa, and that's about it because it was pretty poor all the way around elsewhere. I mean, you saw flashes from some other guys, but I really couldn't say anybody was outstanding, like even good, really good from that defense last year. But they did bring in the most notable would be Khalil Mack, and then right behind him, J.C. Jackson. That's two huge additions. While Mack has slowed down a little bit because of injuries, and, you know, he is getting up there in age. He's still very, very good and arguably the – he's a he's a top three – um, run-stopping defensive end and still a very good pass rusher. And then there's J.C. Jackson, who people range where he is. Some people say he's top three. Some say he's top eight. I, I think top eight is fair. You can put him anywhere in there except top three. And I, I think I, I wouldn't really argue with you that much. So I added an outstanding corner. 
and then they retained most of what they had on uh, offense. And I, I think you're going to see a big year from some of the young guys, especially Jalen Guyton. I think you could see some – we saw some flashes from last year. I think he could really blossom into just a really, really good deep threat. And in general, yeah, I, I think that you got to say that this, you got to hand it to him. Chargers did absolutely outstanding uh, this offseason. And then number one is um, a team from Buffalo called the Buffalo Bills. And from top to bottom, I, I can't say there's a hole in the roster. I, I really can't. You look at the quarterback, you got Josh Allen. Then you have Singletary, James Cook, and Duke Johnson, which might not be the most amazing running back court you've ever seen, but they're damn solid. I'll tell you that. And they can do everything you need them to. They can catch out of the backfield. They can run They can run routes. They have multiple running backs that can run routes out of the backfield. That is absolutely outstanding. You have an explosive rusher um, with James Cook. Devin Singletary, I feel like he showed a lot at the end of the season last year where he can just be your solid RB1. And there's a lot more he can do as well. I think he'll continue to develop. I don't think he's ever going to be great, but he's very solid. And then wide receiver, my lord. Yes, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, Tavon Austin, uh, Marquez Stevenson, Hodgins, Kimura. You know, it, it's just a stacked group there. And then at tight end, you have Dawson Knox and OJ Howard, uh, one of the best tight end duos in all football by far. So I think. With adding O.J. Howard, it bumps him up a whole other tier on offense just with depth and obviously the other additions with Cook and Shakir and Crowder. And then offensive line, overall solid. Uh, you can't really see they, they got better. Um, they brought in Saffold. They, Brian Bates is going to get another it's year. Rank, uh, John Feliciano, too, was not a bad idea. Either. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, getting, getting um, another year from Bates and another offseason. And then uh, obviously Spencer Brown is – can he become that elite of the elite right tackle because he has the physical gifts to do so? I think he really can. I am very excited for him. So, um, and to answer that question, Jenna, yes, they are. Um, they are better. But, yeah, I think the offensive line is going to be pretty damn good next year, like top 10. I think like around 10th would be pretty fair to put them there. I think they do grow because they were around 17th last year ranked. And then defense, what do I have to say? Number one football, defense in all football and you improved at the cornerback spot. I don't care what anybody says. Kyrie Elam will be better than Levi Wallace. And then Dane Jack. Um, yeah, Dane. I mean, he, he looked absolutely outstanding. So I have high hopes for him as well. And you're going to get Trey White back healthy, and you get Von Miller, and you have a few other young pieces you add. And then it, it, I think development from Rousseau and Basham. It's just such a good defense. That, and then our, our biggest weakness last year, we, we got the best punter in the draft. Our biggest weakest weakness last year was punter. We had the one of the worst punters in all of football last year, and we had a guy who has a cannon of a leg. Um, I don't even want to talk about the, the punts I saw last year. <laughs> not that way, this way, and that way, but he did not go the one way he's supposed to go. It was uh, brutal to watch. Oh, it really was. It, it, it made my eyes bleed and made me just want to turn off the game. But you know, I, I love the Bills, so I would never do that. But that's my top three. Rob Caleb, thank you for breaking it down like that, guys. We're going to get to your guys' answers here in a moment, but let me break down my top three. And, and I see a lot of people mentioning the Raiders. The Raiders got better, yes, but I don't think the Raiders have the quarterback that the top three teams are going to say. So, first of all, I'm going to go number three. I was going to maybe go Rams, but I really think that Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and J.C. Jackson, and Derwin James, them four playing defense sounds like they got 11 guys on the field. Just saying. Just saying, right there. And I think that Justin Herbert is one of the best young quarterbacks. I think he's top five. I didn't even um, mention him because he's that good. Yeah, he, he, he is really in. that good. I mean, he's a big dude. He's six foot seven. He's a humble kid, plays the game of football very well. And it reminds me a little bit of someone like 17, but maybe not quite as much of a gamer as he is. But yeah. I think the Chargers, by adding Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, sure, they sacrifice a little bit of the, the cap room. Uh, a little bit of the draft capital short, but that's the kind of risk that you have to take when you play teams like Kansas City. And, and and now the Las Vegas Raiders. And now also the Denver Broncos who added Russell Wilson. And AFC West got terrifying. But I got the Chargers still at three. Just oh, because wait, We forgot they, one guy, though. They have the best young offensive lineman in all of football. Yes. And I will argue with anybody about this. And he, he it's not even close for me. It's Rashawn Slater. Uh, the best young offensive lineman in all of football. He is football. very good. And that's he is freaking amazing. 
Uh, go so, watch some of his film if you haven't seen him. And, and I, I agree. The only guy I would maybe say would be Quentin Nelson. You know what I mean? Like that might be the only other guy. Uh, yeah, I guess, well, he's, I guess not, he's, he's not exactly a youngster. You know what I mean? But he's, yeah, he's got a few years, but still young in a sense. But no, I like that you said that too because that is going to give the, the Chargers more time to throw to Keenan Allen, who I think might be falling off a little bit, but Mike Williams signed the extension. Austin Eckler is one of the strongest running backs in the league, and if you guys know, if you have him on your fantasy team, he can do both the running and the passing. Um, but I think the Chargers got that three spot. Now, at number two, I'm not going Rams. I have to go to it, and I hate that I have to say it, but I'm an unbiased guy here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, offensive line combined with Tom Brady coming back and kind of combined with getting Chris Godwin. We don't know about Gronkowski, so it doesn't matter. You still got Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. Then on top of that, they still are retaining most of the guys on defense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers still have Tom Brady on that team. As much as I hate to say it, that makes them a legitimate team no matter what. If that kid has if, if kid. That old man has time, he is going to make a difference. And I hate to say that. But I am going to tell you right now, and I wholeheartedly believe it. I'm not just saying this for you guys. At number one, it is the Buffalo Bills. The one thing that the Buffalo Bills have been missing for the last two playoff appearances in the AFC Championship, and obviously before we should have made the AFC Championship, was a perimeter, a perennial pass rusher, and we got that with Vaughn Miller. Then we filled in our other gaps at defensive back. We talked about Kyrie Lam, adding James Cook, Jamison Crowder. Then let's not even, let's talk about adding in Shaq Lawson, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and Jordan Phillips coming back. Like, wow. It feels like you can literally maybe sit some guys out one week and then bring some guys, you know what I mean? Keep guys healthy. Absolutely. It's not about that. It's just about the, the again, the roster is beautiful, Caleb. But let me tell you something. QB1JA17 is a true leader. And I tell you guys, I fully believe there is no quarterback in football as clutch as he is. Patrick Mahomes in the 13 seconds was Tyreek Hill taking that ball and running. And obviously some bad play calling on our end. We all know that. Josh Allen is cold-blooded. He's got every physical intent, everything you need in a quarterback, and as well as his attitude and his desire to get better. That alone trickles down in an organization. But let's go above that. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and the culture that they brought into Buffalo, New York at one Bills drive and everything they've instilled. We have so many young guys that are going to get better as a result of these new veterans. And we have the best team, I think, that has been in football in a couple of years. I mean, this is the most mm-hmm. complete team I've seen in years in just football, but I really wholeheartedly believe that I'm excited for the Buffalo bills and dude, I just think that what we're doing is incredible and people need to stop sleeping and stop hating and get on the bandwagon because we all know nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo bills. Absolutely. Let's check some of the comments real quick. I'm going to highlight some of these real quick. This is, AP, oh, actually, let's pull up. Let's go back to – this was an interesting one, by the way. What did you think about this one at number three? Okay. Here's how I feel about the Bengals. It's about, they, they had a great run last year, obviously, to the Super Bowl. Um, totally, my, my lord, the expectations were like winning five games, and they, they went to the Super Bowl. So I got to give them huge props. They have um, one of the best young quarterbacks in football. And Joe Burrow and they made some he, solid signings and draft moves too. Oh yeah. yeah, um, the best wide receiving core in all football by by a good amount. No, it's it's he's really already top awesome. five, dude. He's it's scary how good he is. Oh, I know. And you give him Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tower Boyd. Tower Boyd could be a wide receiver one on like f- five teams. And yeah, T. Higgins we all know him out here. What he's done for us. Oh yeah, we we love um, Tower Boyd here. Let me pull this one up, too. This was uh, Jenna Carlson had Bucks three, Rams two, Bills one. I like that. Um, let's check. Christy Allen says Chargers and Raiders picked up really well in free agency. And draft, got to say, three Chargers, two Rams, Bills number one. I like that. See, it seems like we're all kind of in sync tonight, baby, here in the sit-down, baby. I love that. Um, let's pull up one more, and then let's move on. AP Goss says Bucks three, Bills two, Chargers one. And he's got a Buffalo Bills. So you guys see it, AP Golf. I'm shocked, but. That's an honorable man right there. Clearly, he's unbiased. So, yeah, I do like it, guys. I appreciate you guys all so much. We're going to move on because we are getting ready to almost get out of here. But before we get out of here, you already know I got a special treat for you guys. Before that, Caleb, tell me what player are you most watching for the Buffalo Bills offensively and defensively? 
So offensively, I'm going to go with Spencer Brown. I think. Ooh. I, yeah, I know. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about like James Cook and you know all the new offensive weapons. No, I, I want to see Spencer Brown turn into an elite right tackle, and if he can, nobody's getting to Josh Allen. I mean, he can already um, just avoid pass rushers and break tackles, jump over them, through them. You know, whatever. But uh, if you can add a great right tackle over there, which I think Spencer Brown can be, it's going to make this team just so much more scary, giving Allen more in more time to sit in the pocket and throw the ball deep down the field to more weapons. I mean, couldn't ask for anything better. And as for the defense, it's Greg Rousseau. I've said it all offseason. He's going to have a huge breakout year. And I, I think he's going to get nine and a half, ten sacks. And they're going to, yes, nine, I, I see it. And everyone's going to say, oh, he had like, he had five last year, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was five or it was yeah. four and a half. It was right around there, four and a half, five. To say he jumps from five to around 10 when adding Von Miller and giving a guy who took off um, college for COVID and letting him grow into his body. And he was a receiver too before that. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't have a ton of experience, but his physical gifts are pretty much unmatched to any Bills pass rusher I've seen in a while. Um, who, who, like, what even guy would we compare him to in recent memory? Or recent, you know, recent time? I was going to say, like, size-wise, like, his height-wise. If you're thinking about, you know, He's Brian. built just like him. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, like, yeah. he's if he can put it together, if he can – I mean, his bend's a little bit iffy. That's, like, my only real thing against him is he doesn't have the best bend. And his pass rushing repertoire is limited. If he can just work on those two things, I, I think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy for a long time because he is a freakishly huge, strong human being. So, yeah, Spencer Brown, Greg Rousseau, strengthen up the, the trenches. And, yeah, I, I'm so excited for them too. Well, I like that. So I'm going to tell you right now, defensively, who I'm watching the absolute most is not going to be Kyrie Alam. It is actually going to be Jordan Poyer because I want to know, if he does not get the contract extension before the season – how does he play? How does he respond as a leader? How does he respond as somebody who is essential, like Caleb and I have said, to this team, not just the defense, the team? So I'm watching him because sometimes in a contract year, it brings out the absolute best. Like if you guys are baseball fans, you see what Aaron Judge is doing for the Yankees right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking that kind of talent, that I'm kind of production. But let me tell you this. Offensively, it is Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, man, I think that Gabe Davis now with, with Cole Beasley not there, Emmanuel Sanders not there, and Gabe Davis essentially saying, hey, you're the number two guy. Stephon Diggs is going to get a ton of attention, but coming off of a four touchdown, the most in postseason history, by the way, in his second year, coming off a four touchdown performance, 200 yards, I think Gabe Davis is growing even more and is becoming more confident in like, hey, I can do some things out here. I mean, we saw what he was able to do his rookie year. We saw what he was able to do in the playoffs his rookie year. And sure, he might have been a little bit inconsistent last year. But then again, who is it in their second year? Sophomore slumps to exist. But what happened? He stepped up when he mattered most. So I'm watching him the absolute most. So I got, of course, Jordan Poyer and Gabe Davis. So those are my two players to watch. Now, guys, before we get into my chicken wing recommendation, I want to give Caleb a chance to say anything to you guys out there. Whatever he's got to get off his chest, Caleb, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming uh, here today to listen to our first live. This is uh, honestly something I've been waiting for for a while now. And I'm excited to really get this to be a consistent Friday show, something you guys can tune into every week and look forward to. So, yeah, thank you all for coming out. And Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's really all we got. Amen to that. So let me first of all say, first and foremost, I want to thank Dave Myers, of course, and everybody at Built in Buffalo. I also want to thank you, Caleb, because honestly, man, when we first talked, and obviously having to wait a couple of months, I want to say thank you for your patience. And honestly, I think we are going to do some incredible things. We're going to get a chance to go to games. And we're going to get a chance to become even better fans of this game together. And I love that. I want to say thank God. I want, to thank, I want to thank everybody from the game book. I want to thank everybody out there that is tuning in tonight because this is special. This is a dream come true for both myself and Caleb. And I'm telling you what, we come with nothing but authentic energy and nothing but knowledge. We always, keep it, we always keep it G here too, baby. Here in the yeah. sit-down with myself and into the sauce, Scott Bamasudo, and of course the young man himself, Caleb. I want to say again, thank you all. But before we head out of here, Friday night too also, if you guys ever see me out in Allentown or anywhere, 
Don't be afraid to say hello. I might bite you. I don't know if you say, hey, go Patriots, I'm going to definitely bite. But if you say go Bills, I'm going to slap up. <laughs> let go. me say this, guys. This chicken wing recommendation, I'm going to do this every Friday night, which you can tune in here in the Built-In Buffalo Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Friday nights at 9 p.m. with myself and Caleb. I'm going to give you guys a chicken wing recommendation at the end of every show. But this week, a little something not a lot of people have heard of. I'm sure some people are thinking, is he going to say Duffs? Is he going to say Anchor Park? I'm not giving you guys my ratings, but let me tell you. Well, Secret Gem in North Tonawanda. I think it's called Swinton's Beef and Keg. Beef and Keg. Oh, yeah. The Kimmelwick Chicken Wings. Let me tell you something. No sauce on them. Threw me off a little bit, but them bitches was crispy, Caleb, and adding oh, a yeah. little buffalo tradition with Kimmelwick and then throwing in the chicken wings. Check them out. Let them know Sauce God sent you. They're going to take care of you guys. They're excited. I'm telling you what, dude, that was an incredible chicken wing. Guys, again, I want to say thank you to everybody else. Caleb, I appreciate you so much, guys. Make sure to tune in next week. Turn those notifications on so you don't miss any of the Built in Buffalo shows throughout the entire week. The best damn Bills coverage on all of the internet. God bless all you guys. Have a good Friday night. Stay blessed and bolster up. Caleb, we'll see you later, buddy. Peace out, everybody.